Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today we have Priscilla Shire on the show. This is part one of a three-part message, and she is talking to us about the fact that we have an assignment and that God has equipped us to do the assignment that he has called us to do. Here's Priscilla. But in Incredibles 2, it's Elastigirl that takes the forefront. She's the one that's sort of at the helm of fighting dangers and evil in the society. And the children end up having to get much more involved this time. Man, they are running across powers that they never knew they had. They're being set in scenarios that are a little bit dangerous, a little bit risky, lots of adventure uh, that they are called to sort of uh, be a part of. And, you know, Elastigirl, she's, she's got a mama's heart. And she's watching her three babies in the throes of all of this. And at one point, she turns to her husband, Mr. Incredible, and she says, they're just children. And he says, they're children, but they're children with power. And because they have power, that makes them special. And then he said, whether or not they choose to use the power is up to them. But either way, they've got it. It occurs to me in a room this size with women that are actually daughters that have placed faith in Jesus Christ. We're children, but y'all, we ain't just children. We're children with power. That the Holy Spirit of God has given you power so that whatever place of danger or risk or adventure that you may have been called into, you need to know that you've got the power to sustain you into that place in which you have been called. And, and, but, but here's the deal, whether or not you choose to use it, now that's up to you. What I don't want is to get to the end of my days only to look back and realize I had all that power, but never took advantage of it. It is at least in part to that end that I believe that there is a portion of scripture that, man, over the past year, it has spoken so clearly to me and been a blessing in my life. I want to share it with you. It is in Luke's gospel. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there with me, you can if you, know, if you actually still use the Bible with paper pages like I do, <laughs> or your iPhone, your iPad, any manner of INS will get you to Luke chapter 9. I think they're going to put it on the screens as well. I want to read verse 1 and 2. Then I'm going to jump over to verse 10. I'm going to read verse 10 through 17. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2 says this. It says, and he called the 12 together. That's Jesus. He called the 12 together. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases. And then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and perform healing. Listen to that again. This is the disciples going on their adventure. And Jesus called. He called. Somebody say, he called. He called called the 12 together and then he gave. Somebody say, he gave. He gave them power and he gave them authority. Then verse 2 says, and then he sent. Somebody say, he sent. He sent them out. Verse 10 says, And when the apostles returned, they gave him an account of all that they had done. And taking them with him, he withdrew by himself to a city called Bethsaida. And the multitudes, verse 11 says, they were aware of this, so they followed Jesus. And welcoming them, he began speaking to them about the kingdom of God and curing those who had need of healing. Verse 12 says, and the day began to decline. The 12 came and said to him, 
Jesus, please send this multitude away. They need to go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get something to eat for right here. I don't know if you've noticed or not, Jesus, but here we're in a desolate place. But Jesus said to them in verse 13, he said, "Uh uh-uh, you give them something to eat. They said, come on, Jesus, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless perhaps we go and we buy food for all of these people. Luke wants to make sure you know that there were 5,000 men there. I love the physician Luke because he wants to tell you the details. He says 5,000 men because there were women and children there. So scholars say there were likely 15,000 there on that patch of stony ground that day. Jesus said, have all of them recline in groups of about 50. Verse 15 says, so they did that, had them all recline. And Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and then he broke them, and he kept giving them to the disciples to set before the multitude, and verse 17 says, they all ate, and they were all satisfied. And then they picked up the leftovers, and when they did, they discovered that there were 12 baskets full of leftovers. In this very familiar story that many of us probably have heard or are in some way familiar with, it is a story of a multitude of people who are being fed. They are hungry. They are empty. They're in need of nourishment, and they are more in need of an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus gives them both. But I want us to turn our attention away from the multitude and really focus in on these 12 disciples, the disciples, those who walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus those who are in relationship with Jesus, those who follow him, those who want to learn of Jesus, the disciples, the one who fly halfway across the country to come to the conference to learn more about Jesus, the disciples. I believe that this story, this well-loved story and encounter, miraculous encounter that Jesus had in the scriptures, man, I believe that it, is, it is, uh, starts not just when the crowd gets hungry. I really do believe that it starts in verse one and two. We find that the disciples, the 12, have an up-close personal encounter with Jesus. We find more more about this particular encounter that they had in Mark chapter 6. You don't have to turn there, but this exact same story is told in Mark chapter 6. What I love so much about the first three books of the New Testament is that they're called the synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Synoptic meaning that there's synergy in the stories that are told the tone in which they're told, the way that, they, uh, that the writers wrote those particular encounters. And the more you read them, the more layers of insight you can gain about what happened in that particular story, in that particular encounter that Jesus had. We find this same story found in Mark chapter 6. And when we read Mark chapter 6, it gives us some texture to the story. It's kind of like if someone offered you some chocolate cake and they gave you an option. You can either have a one-layer chocolate cake or a seven-layer chocolate cake. Well, I don't know what y'all gonna do, but I'm gonna choose the seven-layer chocolate cake every single time because the more layers there are, the more rich and delectable the experience becomes. Mark chapter six is our layer of chocolate cake. What we find out is that this is the occasion where God called Jesus, called the disciples together, and do you remember? He sent them out in pairs. He sent them out two by two to the neighboring towns and the neighboring communities. He sent them out with with an assignment. Their assignment was that everywhere they went, every person that they encountered should walk away with a more clear picture in their head of who Jesus really is. 
that they were supposed to go out in power and authority to preach and to teach and to perform miracles for the purpose of authenticating that Jesus was who he said he was and that Jesus could do exactly what he had said that he could do. The whole point of the disciples coming together and then being dispersed was so that the power and authority with which they would live their life would mean that every person they encountered, every interaction that they had would leave the people who they had encountered knowing that Jesus must be the real deal. What's the point of us coming together if after we leave this place, every person we encounter does not know that there must be a God somewhere and his name is Jesus Christ. So they go out in pairs. And I mean they handle their assignment with integrity. They are fully entrenched, Mark chapter 6 tells us, in the task that is at hand. And after they finish the assignment, they come back to Jesus and they give him an account for how they handled the assignment that they had been given, how they handled the ministry that had been entrusted to them. I want to make sure that everybody in the room knows that they are in ministry. If you have named the name of Jesus Christ, you are in ministry. Don't let someone else or the enemy convince you that ministry is relegated to standing on a platform behind a podium with a little microphone attached to you. Ministry is the place where you've been called to serve and the assignment that you have been given. Every one of us are representatives of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are in ministry. So mother of small children, don't let anybody tell you that you're not in ministry. Every single time you sit around that dinner table with the casserole that you prepared, the new way that you figured out to make chicken for dinner tonight, and you figure it out successfully one more night, and you sit those kids around the table and you pray over them, and you teach them a Bible verse before they go to bed, don't let anybody tell you that that ain't ministry. At high school student, when you're walking down the corridor of that high school that you attend and you're the one that stands for righteousness in the midst of the darkness, don't let anybody tell you, seventh grader, eighth grader, freshman, sophomore, that you are not in ministry. A university student like Mr. Dave's niece that he just told us about, university student, when you are the only one in the philosophy class where the professor is telling you things and teaching you things that are left of center of the truth of God's word, and you're the only student in the class of 300 that raises their hands and takes them to term and lets them know that there actually is a truth, a standard that is the word of God, you are in ministry. And corporate man or woman, when you sit around that boardroom table and you're the only one that when they're talking about their projections for the future, but they lack a smidge of integrity or character, and you're the one that stands for righteousness and calls people back to the truth of God, don't let anybody tell you that that ain't ministry. Every single one of us has an assignment. And just like the disciples, the day is coming where we're going to have to give an account. 
The day is coming sooner than we think, but we're going to look our Savior in his face and we're going to have to give an account for how we used our time and how we used our talents and how we used the gifts that he entrusted to us and how we took care of the assignments that each and every one of us have been called to. He's not going to ask me about her assignment. He's going to ask me about mine. And he's not going to be interested in how many Instagram followers I had. He will not be interested in how many people were my friends on Facebook or liked the tweet that I put up. He's only going to ask me, number one, did I know his son, Jesus Christ? And then I'm going to have to give an account for the assignment that he called me to. And when I look my Savior in his face, I want to tell you that I am looking for well done. Anybody interested in well done? That was Priscilla Shire, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under Priscilla Shire Going Beyond Ministries Supernaturally Equipped for Your Calling. You can also find out more information about her at her ministry website, goingbeyond.com. I hope you have an amazing day today, and I will see you again tomorrow. God bless.